When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Newcastle United ran out 4-1 winners against Bournemouth down on the south coast. Goals from Dwight Gill, Sean Longstaff, Miguel Almiron and Valentin Lazaro secured Newcastle's Premier League status for another year. Over the next 20 minutes or so, you're going to hear from a lead writer who was down at the Vitality Stadium, Kieran Kelly and Mark Douglas as well. This is Everything Is Black and White Podcast. Hi there, Andrew Musgrove here. The first voice you're going to hear after mine is Lee Ryder, who spoke to us directly after the game from the Vitality Stadium. So an incredible win for Newcastle down here, 4-1, away from home, but also quite surreal. Newcastle banging the goals in left, right and centre and in a strange, subdued atmosphere. It just it just didn't seem right, but nevertheless, a great 4-1 win for Steve Bruce's side. Newcastle now go into those last six games in a great position. They can really push on for that top 10 if they want. If they play like that, they, they've got every chance, albeit today was against a Bournemouth team low on confidence who were really in the, in the mix at the bottom. But nevertheless, you can't take any in the way from Newcastle. They, they were up for it from the first whistle, even from the warm-up. You could see that they were in the mood and, you know, the finishing was just fantastic, really. Alan St. Maximum proven to be an absolute snip at 17 million uh, last summer. So Newcastle can be proud of that performance. Um, lots of positives. A couple of injury doubts, but Sean Longstaff um, looked comfortable as he, as he left the stadium. But they go into the West Ham game now full of confidence, looking to get that top 10 place. And uh, Steve Bruce in a great mood afterwards in the press conference, um, you know, mentioned how hard it's been for him this season, but paid tribute to his team. Can't argue, 4-1 win away from home against a, a Bournemouth team who are usually, it's, it's usually a tough game down here. Not today. Lee, what about Joe Linton? Played in a more wider role this evening. Uh, do you think that it, it suited him a bit better? Did he look comfortable? Well, he put in a hard work and display. I think it was very much a, a team display tonight. Um, he was sort of moved from, from wing to wing, but that you know allowed Sean Longstaff to play just off Gale, and I think that worked really well. Maybe it, it took Bournemouth by surprise, the fact that they were probably expecting Jolene to play through the middle. Um, but as I say, he, he got a lot of the ball. I think he had 44 touches in total. He won a lot of aerial balls as well. I think he had a good display. Um, obviously, he came here to score goals, but when the team wins 4-1 away from home, you can't complain. And what about Neville Bentelab? You know, he's fighting for his future, got a start today. He's not really been in and around the squad since the, the Premier League restart. How did you sum up his performance today? As far as Bentelab was concerned, I think, you know, in, a, in another game... Um, that, that might not have been good enough that, that performance uh, he lost the ball at one stage um, but Newcastle ended up benefiting because Hayden got back and won the ball and, and set up an attack which Newcastle scored from so maybe it's not the day for um, 
been too negative about any particular players but yes as you say Ben Leb he's playing for his future I think it was £8.6 million deal uh, on offer just with the way the transfer window's going I still think Newcastle will be tempted um, to buy him regardless of that because it's a quick deal they can do and um, you know I still think there's a lot more to come from hopefully we'll see it in the next six games just finally then from Yuli Dwight Gale he got his goal you know, it's going to be a brilliant confidence boost and really good for him to score after that horrific miss against Manchester City. Just tell our listeners what you thought about his performance and what it'll mean for him to get another Premier League goal. I think Dwight Gale done what Dwight Gale does, really. He, um, when he gets to run in the team, he'll get goals. He scored two and two Premier League games now. Yes, he had the horror miss against Manchester City, but I think anybody who wants to judge a player on on a miss um, I think it's harsh because all strikers are going to miss them you're not going to score every game that, that's for certain um, <laughs> yes he's had some misses this season where you could say you know look back at him I think someone put a <laughs> put a um, compilation of his misses together on, on the internet which I thought was very harsh because every striker misses uh, chances and can be made look good or bad but I think his overall career goal record stands for itself and uh, he certainly wants to do well for Newcastle and um, I'll say two and two it's uh, given Steve Bruce a, a big headache for the weekend It's now joined by Kieran Kelly Mark Douglas may join us later on the show um we will wait and see if that does happen. But Kieran, we just heard there from Lee, who's down on the south coast. And what stood out for me um, was the fact that Newcastle are now just a, a few points off the top 10. And someone on Twitter actually said, Newcastle, I think, are only 10 points off air. Fifth place <laughs> could be a Champions League spot this season. It's amazing what a, what a couple of results can do, isn't it? Yeah, I think particularly after Sunday, we're all feeling a bit down in the dumps, weren't we? Um, just how thoroughly outclassed they were and today was was just um you know uh trying to i'm still getting my head around it you know i, I think we've we have seen them kind of put teams to the sword you know go back to november the west ham game you know racing into a three new lead after 50 minutes but today just the quality of the finishes i i have been covering newcastle i've never seen four goals as as good as that uh and you know, they, they actually, I know the Gosden got a late consolation, but they effectively saw it out. You know, Bournemouth were terrible. You know, they're, they're so lacking in confidence, but also you have to give a lot of credit to Newcastle. They pressed them high. Um, they were really professional because I think you've seen in the restart when teams have made six changes. You looked at uh, Man United against Norwich at the weekend. They, they really struggled when they made those kind of changes, whereas today with Newcastle, all the guys who came in really impressed and that wasn't a coincidence you know Kraft and Bentaleb who've not had much of a kick really uh, they were both really solid um, and of course when you have Sam Maximum um, you know it's just that perfect example of, of helping to make other players better you know when he's on his game and the, the big thing with them being um, so selfless and actually having a bit of end product now you know he's, he's finding his teammates he seems to relish that as much as going it alone. And I think that transformation since he first came to the club 
I know we've touched on what he does defensively sometimes, but in terms of that selfless aspect, that's just been remarkable. And um, I think you have to give credit to both the player, but also Bruce. He's obviously bought into what Bruce demands, working hard, uh, being a team player, and you're seeing the benefits. And it was just a team playing with, with real confidence. And, uh, you know, there have been, there have been sometimes where we haven't enjoyed watching Newcastle this season. I can say that was, you know, a really enjoyable game. And just like the Sheffield United one, they, they put a team to the sword and, um, you know, that, that bodes really well. As, as we said, you know, I think six games left. I know they do have to play Spurs and Liverpool. Um, and they do have to face sides like Bournemouth who are fighting for their lives, but there's no reason why they can't think, well, could we even hit the 50-point mark? You know, there, there are a lot of points still up for grabs, and I think this proves that whereas some Newcastle teams maybe have not gone on holiday after reaching safety, but kind of have maybe not been quite the same and played at the same intensity, these guys look like they're going to push on and try and finish the season as, as best they can. What do you think it was then? Was it the fact that there's no fans about maybe because after Sunday's performance, Sunday's result, maybe there would have been a bit of, not anger, but a bit of, you know, just a bit of meh over what happened on Sunday. <laughs> and yet today it was a totally different different side. So why was it today that they performed like that, admittedly against a, a Bournemouth side, which are down the dumps, you know, <laughs> on a really, really bad enough form and not yeah. Manchester City, we can make that point. Yeah. What was the difference? They obviously changed formation, um, but, you know, there were, there were questions about Newcastle, whether the players would have their minds on the beach because effectively they have nothing to fight for anymore. Yeah. Well, today couldn't have been any further from, from that point. No, and I just, you know, I think the, the early goal had a big bearing on it as well. You know, it's... Um, First time since Jeremy Newcastle scored in the first half in the Premier League, let alone in the first five minutes. And you saw the, the Bournemouth players as they were walking back for the restart, their, their shoulders had dropped. And that was probably the one thing Eddie Howe said to them, just, you know, keeping the game at the very least. And it was such a, such a shock for them because, you know, Lerma, the ball is robbed off him by Longstaff. I think it, it surprised them a bit how high Newcastle pressed them. You know, if you think back to the reverse game at St. James's Park, Bournemouth were, were pretty decent then, and it was Newcastle who were standing off then. Um, and this was a completely different game. And I think that shook Bournemouth, and Newcastle just took so much confidence from that. And there's just so much energy in that team. And as, as we've said already, when once the maximum is playing like that, um, you know, for for the second goal, I think three Bournemouth defenders are around him and none of them even get a tackle in. You know, they, they're not sure how to handle him. And it, it was just a huge, just a psychological game, really, that very quickly started to unravel for Bournemouth. And you could see that, A, why they are struggling, B, why they can't keep clean sheets. And then also they have that Solanke chance. They don't put it away. And they're the things that you need to go for you, really. And, um, yeah, it was just ruthless. And I think, you know, we think back to maybe October time, how you're really struggling to see how Newcastle could score goals. And now you're seeing, you know, Gale's got two and two in the league. Um, you know, Almiron, their top scorer, I think. Um, you know, Sabak's been making actual assists and goal contributions now. All of a sudden, they look really bright in front of goal. And at the same time, at the back, 
you know, they've been solid. So I think Bruce's big fear with this formation was that it would all go to pieces at the back, but uh, it's it's almost getting better with every game since they've changed to it. And they definitely, it's definitely getting the best out of a lot of players. You know, Almiron's looked brilliant in the 10 roll. Longstaff looked good in the 10 roll before he came off. Um, Gale looks like a player who feels like he's the backing of his manager. And of course, the, um, you know, we, we all know about Sam Maxwell, we've spoke about him already. So he, you know, it, it, in a strange sort of way, even though there's not necessarily much to play for in, you know, in terms of a cup or, you know, staying up because that's already achieved, you're still kind of like, oh, it'd be really interested to see how the, the rest of the season goes because, you know, they'll want to finish as high as possible. You mentioned there the ruthlessness of Newcastle, the confidence. Do you think because so many of the players, say, i.e. Kraft, you know, starting Dwight Gale, Ben Taleb, some of them are fighting for their futures, not yeah. just like a place in the first team. You think it was a, maybe Steve Bruce saying to them today, well, look, you've got your chance. You know, he yeah. dressed it up as, I'm going to rest a few. But actually, what he <laughs> is saying, right, go out there and prove to me you are worth your place in this team. You're worth your place at this club. Because, like we say, many of them are practically fight, fighting for their future. Yeah, no, I think... Um that's I don't think there's that's an exaggeration to say that for a few of them certainly I think um, you know Ben Taleb um, I'd imagine he'd be probably his, his own worst critic just in terms of how the loan has gone for him you know it's not really you know a bit like some of the loan signs that they, none of them have kind of you know they, they've been kind of slow burners I think Rose had a good game at the weekend um but, you know, he's, he's taken time to kind of get used to a new kind of challenge, really, of, compared to what he was used to at Spurs. Uh, Lazaro, obviously, he's not had an amazing amount of game time, but it was quite telling that he came on. He looked really sharp and obviously a brilliant goal from him. And then Ben Taleb, I, I think that was probably his best game um, in terms of just, you know, keeping the team ticking along. I, I still think... There's, there's another level with him in terms of potentially being a box-to-box player. That's what he made his name as originally, and we haven't really seen that, and I'm not sure if we will. I think Bruce probably has set out with that system that him and Shelby just to sit and, you know, kind of dictate and control from there. Um, but, yeah, I think even before you address the takeover and the bearing that could have on a few players, I think there are a few players there who will want to day in the Premier League who will want to prove themselves in the Premier League and these next few games are a good chance for them and I think you are seeing it's maybe not coincidence that, that Gale and, and people like that are, are stepping up now because uh, you know it's very rare they get a run of games and We've just been joined by our football editor Mark Douglas Mark how did you see today's game thoroughly impressed just like everyone else? Yeah it was really enjoyable I thought I think I think that was, that was the um, best away performance of the season, arguably the best performance of the season, full stop. Um, definitely the best performance since Steve Bruce has been here. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of the, the you know the way that they played, the attacking um, formation that they played, the, the way the individual players played, they played with, um, you know, they expressed themselves really well, and they were really clinical as well. It was it was it was superb, and I, I really think that um, you know it, they, they deserve a lot. Of, credit for what happened today um, so yeah it was, it was really t- enjoyable which is uh, you know you haven't said that a lot about Newcastle this season but it really was it really was good good to watch 
And we've saved the dis- the best discussion for now. Kieran, I'll come to you first. Let's talk properly about Alan St. Maximum because he had an absolute storm of a game, didn't he? Um, he looks like, and I think we mentioned it in the, the, the previous two podcasts, like he's been building up to something and it's been getting to a certain level. And today, maybe we, we saw reached the level and now he's going to push on to, to even a higher level. But today, it just looked like the leash had been taken off a little bit. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I don't. I think he he's obviously the main thing opposition managers will, will speak about in their like pre-match team meetings. You know, I'm sure Eddie Howe would have told his players, you know, turn him onto this or try and box him off. Or you know, we saw Villa do that quite well last week. But he, just anything they tried, they they couldn't get near him. And I think, as I said already, that he had the real presence of mind of those three assists. You know the the calmness I think there have been times earlier in the season where maybe he's elected to take an extra touch or to try another dribble or to even shoot himself and every one of those assists are, are selfless and he's, he's looking for a teammate and that's been the big difference and that's ultimately what will take him on to the next level because uh, everyone in the world knows how gifted he is um, as a dribbler but if he can add that to his game that kind of idea of being a regular contributor with regular end product score and analysis and um, we all know he could go so far because to be fair to him his attitude spot on you look back in August when Bruce said um, you know he's, he's he's a maverick but if he doesn't work hard for the team he's not going to play he's bought into that and it's, it's to his credit really you know he's been when you think of the transfer fees that are bandied about um, I know Newcastle made some interesting signings uh, the past couple of years but you know that was a gamble well worth taking just judging the, the first 11 months alone Indeed and Mark he seems to get Newcastle seems to get what it means to the fans and it's easy to say that isn't it you know we look at how he reacted to Alan Shearer's tweet tonight naming the man of the match and he, he's in the house you know wearing his Newcastle shirt and what have you but he does seem to understand that kind of important relationship it has between you know the fans and the, the the club and the fans. Yeah, what's what's interesting is some players, some players, it, it just sort of clicks at a club. Um, obviously, in France, I think it, it, he just had too much baggage. Um, I remember in the in the summer, the final preseason game, um, a French journalist sort of came to me and said, and was calling the French Ravel Morrison. Um, and and I sort of said, oh well, you know, it looks like a good player. You know, what's what's he like? And he was very disparaging about whether whether he'd be a success. Really thought his attitude was was not going to be uh, was not going to be good enough to come and come and be a, a success in the Premier League. And even when he had a good start, I, I emailed the guy and said, "You know, look, I was doing really well." And he said, "Won't last." But here we are, and you know, I mean, admittedly, it's July. You know, so season's getting on. He, he's he's really not put a foot wrong on or off the pitch. Obviously, you know, had, had a few injuries. Which is which is what you'd expect, um, but I think off the pitch, it's, it, he just seems like you said he gets it. And I think I think what's interesting is that there's some players who Newcastle fans just take to. They love a maverick, but it, but he also works hard. You know, he's not he, he's not he doesn't. It's not as if he doesn't. You know, he, he sort of strolls about the pitch, not doing much, which is you know easy to be a maverick or, or call yourself a maverick and and not work hard. But but he does work hard. You know, you, you can see that the guy. The guy really, um, you know, does uh, does his fair share of sort of sprints, and you know, occasionally those sprints are, he does things that he shouldn't, he doesn't need to, and things like that. That's probably why he's at Newcastle rather than at one of the 
you know, one of the, the clubs challenging for the Champions League. But I think what's really nice is that it's kind of, you know, he's a little bit eccentric, I think is definitely the word. Um, and Steve Bruce has said before, you know, sometimes you have to give him a little bit of leeway because there are times, I think, probably where, um, you know, which which has been sort of away from the away from the public clear, but maybe where they've had to like manage him a little bit differently from some of the other players. But it's it's worked. It's worked. And, and you know, I think Newcastle's a, a unique club. Anderson Maxson's a unique player and it just works. It's really, really interesting. And I, and I wish, I think, I really wish that some people, you know, some players and would see, you know, that you, at Newcastle United, you can become a hero um, by doing the kind of things that Anderson Maxman's doing rather than sort of being a little bit aloof get involved you know we've seen he does the stuff with the food bank we've seen he does he's brilliant at social media I think his, his brother's involved in that as well he's, he's absolutely fantastic on social media um, but but what what's really important is he delivers on the pitch as well doesn't he but all of those things off the pitch give him give him a little bit of leeway to do it on the pitch to, to perform on the pitch as well and um, yeah it's great when you see somebody like that I mean you know long may it continue Fingers crossed. Kieran, what happened, do you think, in the press conference on yesterday, Steve Bruce's suggestion that, you know, Alan St. Maxim is a major doubt. What is it a case that, look, he was feeling a bit leggy and, yes, he was a major doubt, or a bit of, you know, um, something going on in the background where he's maybe giving him a kick up the backside and St. Maxim's gone, right, I'm going to prove you today, and he's gone out and done that. Mind games for the big trip forward. Uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 I'd say it was genuine that... Um, he did say, kind of, he couched it, said, oh, we'll see how he is today. And by all accounts from what Bruce said before the actual game today, he said he was absolutely balancing. So um, he effectively picked himself. And along with Dubravka, he is the first name on the team she is, isn't he? So um, I think it probably shows how far he's come in a way. I think in previous times when, you know, Sam Aspen has played a lot of games, maybe... <laughs> kind of his hamstrings it's it's they're they're constantly thinking about that and it really probably does go back to the fact last summer he's such a disruptive pre-season you know Nice had kind of had him in and out and wasn't sure if the move was going to go ahead and then it goes ahead and he only has one pre-season game at Newcastle before he's having to get ready for this huge season in, in the Premier League where he realizes he has to run a lot more than he did in France the intensity is completely different and I think that's what the whole theory about lockdown being good for him has been it's almost been a chance for him just to get himself personally fit and ready and then when it comes back to having that durability to cope with the games and it was quite telling as he said you know not many players have started four games in 10 days at any club but he has and it's not a coincidence that they've only won one league game without him in the starting lineup and he's undroppable and untouchable arguably at the moment in this kind of form so um, yeah it's, uh, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if he wasn't starting again on Sunday I think he'll make more changes but he's he's, he's approaching like the best form of, of he's had this season and um, you know Newcastle will need him you know you think if you take him out of the team it, it, has, it will almost have a psychological impact in some ways because the players all know that he can pull that rabbit out of the hat and he can do something very different and you can't underestimate how important that is so obviously he got the assist mark uh, for the long staff goal and you know just took on the, the players and pulled it back it was a, a great piece of skill yeah and I think I think what's what's brilliant about Alan Maximum is that he 
he's just got this fearlessness about him. I think it's easy for it's easy for players to to sort of hide a little bit when things um, you know when things aren't going for them. But you, what you see with Alan Maximum is he'll get on the ball and he wants to make things happen all the time. Um, and it's easier said than done. You know, anybody can anybody can sort of try and do try and do things. But but he he tries to do it every time he gets the ball. He looks he's looking. He's a very direct player. He's looking for the, the the quickest route to goal, you know, and that is it's rare because it's not not necessarily uh, what coaches want to always see. Because when you're younger, you know, it's, it's about percentages. There's a lot of tactical stuff now. It's about playing to systems and things. And you know, it, it's interesting. Would would some maximum have been here? Um, you know, under under previous coaches, would he have? You know, would he have stayed? Would would he have necessarily been the pick of quite a lot of Premier League coaches? Because that kind of player is going out of fashion where he is a little bit off the cuff, maybe doesn't respond to certain, you know, doesn't respond to kind of being, um, you know, shackled into a system and stuff, but, but you don't have that with him. He's just given a bit of a free reign and for all the criticism that Steve Bruce sometimes got at the start of his time at Newcastle Bound, you know, tactically, he's, you know, maybe not as, not as sharp as other managers, um, which, I, you know, I don't know, you could argue that, that he's maybe disproved some of that this season as well. Um, but also sometimes just saying I've got a maverick I'm just going to let him I'm going to give him a bit of a free reign I'm going to give him um, you, you know time time to time and, and space to do what he wants is, is really good management and I think you saw that in that moment there um, he just you know he's full of confidence he, he knows he's got the confidence of his um, manager he knows he's got the confidence of his fellow players and he just quickest route to goal and pulled it back you know I think he's he, I mean, he really is. He's a joy to watch, absolute joy to watch. And it's a great signing. And we would criticise Newcastle's hierarchy so much um, this season and, and criticise them for Jillington as well and, and, you know, spending too much there. But 17 million for Anderson maximum looks absolute bargain. So credit to Steve Nixon. And, and you know, we don't, Lee Charlie doesn't always get too much too much praise, but credit to him for doing the deal as well because they, those were the two people who drove that deal much as um, they drove the Jalinton deal I'd like to get the league table back for this podcast to see which players we mentioned the most because <laughs> you just mentioned Jalinton there and that's where we're going to go to next I thought he was excellent out on the wide Kieran and we talk about £40 million and yes it's a lot of money and he's been brought in as a central number nine but I do think it's now getting to the stage where they've got to have a sit down they've got to say well look we're either going to stick with him in the central role Known, it's probably not going to work as well as we hope, or maybe we play him out on the on the wide there. Where again today he impressed. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think um, it's he's a professional footballer. You know, he can play in different positions, but I think for his own sanity, he probably needs to know going forward what, what the plan is because uh, he, every time he, he maybe gets a run up front, he's benched or then plays out on the left and. Um, you know, for me, I, I said this before, he, he's the kind of player you add with the, like a final piece in the jigsaw, you know, that you already have your your centre forward that he can support him. And I think today, you know, he, I don't think there were many occasions where his actual back was to go because he's at his best when he's he's running into space and he's comfortable on the ball. And uh, that's what he did at half nine. He played with, you know, either one or two players really close to him and you could see the benefit today of him not being isolated and being able to kind of link up with the other forwards. So, um, I don't know if his, his ultimate position is, is going to be out wide. I think, um, 
you know, if you're picking a left winger now, it would be Sam Maxman. Um, and it wasn't a coincidence that Sam Maxman did that long staff goal he was out on the left for it. Um, but he, I, I would be surprised if they don't buy a, a proper number nine. <laughs> I don't know what that means anymore, but, you know, buy a, a striker again in the summer and look to kind of have Joel Linton as a support forward rather than, as you said, kind of the, the number nine, because uh, there are things you can learn, but is he going to be that guy with ice in his veins who's going to be able to pick it up again straight from August and score at least 10, 12 goals? I'm not so sure. And I think we'll still probably be having a conversation about that come next season if they don't do something. So I think he needs a, another guy in there to for Joe Linton to support rather than someone to support Joe Linton, if that makes sense. So that's that's what I'd like to see. But I think today in terms of his, that was probably his best game as a uh, playing out on the left. And I know a lot's been said about him being playing out on the left at half nine, but the majority of the time he, he was kind of like a floating forward who was just supporting people through the middle. So it is still a different position for him, if that makes sense. But yeah, I think the debate will go on. I think it will. Mark, your take on Jolinton? Well, I mean, what's interesting about Jolinton, you know, one of the one of the results of this, um, the situation that we're all in now and the situation that football's in now is that prices have, have, have effectively, I think the transfer market prices have gone um, through the floor. So Newcastle are not going to get their money back for Jalinton at any point. I don't think over the over the, the terms of his contract, I don't think they're ever going to get that 40 million. So he is now effectively, whether they like it or not, unless they write off a massive, uh, massive amount on him, which, you know, obviously if new owners come in, which, which we still expect to happen, if, if new owners come in, then they might decide to do that. But I think probably more likely you're going to get a new coach or the existing coach work with, Jillington to try and turn him into the player that Newcastle Newcastle need, um, and, and and yeah, I totally agree. I, I think he's not a number nine. He's not necessarily a number nine, but he, but he could play there. And I think his versatility may end up being being his being to his benefit. It all depend on what happens next with the football club. But if they come, if they bring in more high profile players, it might be to the benefit of Jillington because he'll just be able to get on with his job next season. You know, he might not be an automatic for first team starter if if other players come in. And I think he'll. I think he, he could potentially get better. He's not a number nine. I don't think he's a natural goal scorer. I don't think he's got that in his locker. I don't think he he, he is that. But he's clearly got something. He's, he's you know he's, I think he's an intelligent footballer. I think it, a lot's going to depend on him and how much he's able to improve over the next few years. You know, I think we've seen improvement, some improvement in him from the start of the season. But he's he's got a lot a long way to go. I think to be a really top Premier League player he's still got a long long way to go there and it'll just depend on on him but I, I, yeah I thought he played well today he, he doesn't look out of place in a Premier League team in that role I think as a number nine he's got a long way to go as a, as a Premier League footballer but he's getting better scored against Sheffield United you know did well today um, he's you know, a bit of a nuisance value in, in some other games as well you know I, I think it, it's, it's easy to sort of react to good performances and bad performances but um, you know I think we're now seeing a body of evidence he, he's done it enough in that role as Kieran said to think that you know he, he's it, that's maybe where he should go and look better there um, because I don't think he's a number nine I don't think he's ever going to be 20 15 20 even 10 goal a season man in that role um, unless he really improves 
normal question then, guys, before I get you to just describe or choose rather your your favourite goal from this afternoon because all all four were, were very good goals. Um, Steve Bruce deserve credit for the performance today because you know it would have been probably difficult to pick the players up after Sunday. Um, some people suggesting there's, a, there's there's nothing to really play for play for so. That's another kind of uh, obstacle in the way of getting a good performance out of the players. Um, but, you know, you got one out of them today. So, Kieran, Mark, does Steve Bruce deserve praise? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he, you know, I think he was. I think he got a lot of criticism on Sunday um, for, you know, maybe for getting the tactics wrong and things. But I, I didn't really think it was necessarily his fault on Sunday. I think, I think Man City are a very, very good team. And, you're seeing a lot of games in the Premier League since we've since we've come back going the way of the better team because you've taken away all the variables of the crowd and, and you know urging on the team, the, the, the underdogs and things. So I thought it was a little bit unfair some of the criticism that he got on Sunday, but there were a lot of people, unfortunately, who just have made their minds up and, and, and aren't looking at it critically. Um, no, I think he deserves a lot of praise. I think the way they've come out of lockdown, you know, it's... It's not easy. You see, you're seeing some managers who um, took the decision to do things a certain way. Newcastle took a really conscious decision to come back quite late. Um, they've done things in a certain way. I think their sports science team deserve an awful lot of credit for the way that they've for the way that they've managed it so far. You know, their unsung heroes, guys like Jamie Harley, Dr. Paul Catterson, real unsung heroes at Newcastle United because. They have, you know, they've helped manage it much better. They've learned the lessons from Christmas. It feels like because they've not had, they had an injury today. They've not had too many injuries. They've, they've you know, Lejeune obviously has, has been injured. Longstaff got injured today. Longstaff, by the way, another one. I think Steve Bruce did a really good job putting him up advanced. That was one of his better performances for the 33 minutes or however long he, he did. Um, but yeah, I think I think just think generally he's managed things really well this season because there's been two or three points this, this season where. It really could have gone wrong for them. I think the Leicester five nil is one, but Christmas was another one, and then just kind of just before they played, um, was it West Brom, where they obviously Norwich game and things were not looking great. So there's maybe three occasions on which he's needed to to sort of conjure up a response from his team. Every single time he's done it, and we used to praise, um, you know, we, we we used to sort of praise Rafa for for doing that. Um, because that's the, I think that's the mark of a good manager is being able to change things, um, and he, he's done that really well tactically. I think he's been he was spot on today. He was spot on against Sheffield United. Um, the players clearly love playing for him, um, and, and and you can't knock it. I think I think if new owners come in, I think they'll give him a chance. I, I've, I've said that from the start. I think he's done enough now probably to earn himself a chance. I don't think they'll look to replace him straight away. Um, and if obviously if these existing owners stay, then then he's he's here as he's here as well. So I think he'll get the chance. You know, obviously he'll be under pressure to perform straight away if it's new owners. Um, but he deserves a chance, I think. Um, you know, do you compare him to Pochettino or whoever? Well, maybe not. But I think the circumstances of obviously if a change of ownership does come in now, um, they won't have much time to plan for next season. So it might be that. It's just better to keep the same man and just judge him on, on how things go next season. I think he deserves that now. I really do. I think they're not, they're not a million miles away from being top eight, top nine. Um, you know, even I think somebody said they're only four points off seventh, which is obviously that's Europe. 
So I think I think I don't think they'll they'll they'll, they'll get there to be honest because I think you know, the better teams who they've got to play will will you know will prove a much bigger challenge. But they've got a couple of games coming up that they could you know they could do 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 things and they've got West Ham um, on uh, on Sunday and that's another big opportunity for them. Certainly, is Kieran credit for Steve Bruce then? Yeah, no, without a doubt. I think um, it's interesting. Obviously, he's come up against you know three contemporaries in uh, Smith, uh, Wilder, and now Howe. And obviously, Wilder and Howe have have rightly got a lot of praise over the past year. And you look at how Newcastle played in both of those games against Sheffield United and Bournemouth, and you know. He, he got it completely right and like Mark said you know I think um, there have been teams who have been a bit up and down since the restart but Newcastle have seven points from three games and they've really have just picked up from where they left off in March you know they had that really encouraging period uh, against Southampton and the West Brom games and the change of systems you know it was a bold move he, for so long was saying oh I don't know if they can cope with it um, you know and the defensive solidity has been there along with this really exciting attack now they're actually creating chances and most encouragingly taking them so um, I've said this before you know the, his biggest trait is that man management ability and it's as effective 20 years ago as it is now and every one of those players seem to be responding to him. You know, you look at how Shelby's come on this season, been a bit more consistent. Um, obviously, even like the, the foreign players, whether it's Almiron or, um, you know, Sam Maxman, he's obviously got through to them and what he wants from them and, and giving them that bit more freedom. And I think a lot of the players do enjoy playing for him. And, you know, it's small things. Look at Isaac Hayden's situation, you know, how... He was very, very worried last summer, obviously, when there was such uncertainty around the club. Uh, maybe not as much as now, but, um, you know, who was going to be the manager. And when Bruce came in, he, he was really reassured. So from the outside, I think, you know, you forget because of his nature, you know, this guy was a, a, a huge figure at Manchester United that so many of his contemporaries really respect him. Um, and we're probably seeing now what, why you know the it, it's coming together for him you know he's appointed three and a half weeks before the season started last summer and I think we can properly start to judge him now that he's, he's nearly been in the hot seat a year and I think that's when you can start to judge a manager properly and it'd be interesting to see what happens this summer I, I was really intrigued a few months ago to see the kind of players they would have gone for you know they've, they've tied down stabilizers uh, those experienced players in the dressing room and who they would have brought in and how he would have changed the team around a little bit. Um, but obviously that's that's all up in the air at the moment. But I think he's, he's going to make it hard for the would-be owners if this takeover does happen because um, he's obviously putting up a fight and I don't think the question will go away as long as Pochettino's a, a free agent and, and people like that. Um, but I think what's been most impressive is the, the uncertainty hasn't affected him He's been asked about it every single press conference, every single interview, and it hasn't affected the players, and, and that deserves a lot of credit. does indeed. Right, just before we get on to your favourite goals then from this evening, little brief mention for Isaac Hayden and that miss. It reminds me of Mark on a football pitch, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it was never pretty bad. Position. <laughs> it was pretty bad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Was it as bad as by Gales on Sunday? Um, 
I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to argue. I mean, not that it matters because obviously Newcastle wouldn't do it. <laughs> Hayden's described himself as miss of the century, which may be the part on the back of Dwight Gale. But um, yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was so bad that I, I didn't, I didn't actually, I thought he must have been left side or something because it, because it, it just, <laughs> he did it. I don't even know how he managed to do it. Somebody's um, coffee and pies would have gone flying, I think, had the stand been full. Um, oh, it was bad. <laughs> but he had a good game, didn't he? He had a good game. Well, this leads into the final question about the best goals from tonight because for me it was Lazaro's goal I thought it was brilliant but Hayden was the one that had chased the ball back Bentelab lost it Hayden wins it and sets the play away which I thought was fantastic you know and then obviously Shelby with a pass and Lazaro with a, a crack and finish for you guys Kieran did the, what do you think the standout goal was for tonight? Uh, a boring one but probably I picked the second one the, the run and cut back um, I just thought that was just executed brilliantly and they're no, they're all like it's, it's so hard to rank them because even Gales that's that almost looks easier than it actually is, you know. Um but I, I'd go for long staff so I just thought that the the connection there was really nice. Not an easy finish by any means. Probably no. just as easy to put it over the bar as it is right at that top corner mark for you. Um I, just for the sake of being different probably but but I, I, <laughs> Almiron's goal was Oh yeah excellent. <laughs> You know, it showcased everything that's great about his game, the speed, um, the, the, the sort of the fearless, fearlessness of, of running. And it also showed what he's added to his game in the last sort of six months or seven months, which is confidence in front of goal as well. He took the chance. You know, I thought he was, I, th- I thought he, you know, he showed there why he's confident in front of goal. He couldn't hit a barn door last season. You know, you he, he could have presented him with a chance like that and he'd have found a way to miss it. But he, he's just, you know, he's showing, he's, he's, he's really, uh, really kicked on in confidence. I mean, he could get 10 goals this season, which given, you know, he hadn't scored at all until December, um, is, uh, you know, would be a real achievement. How would you describe the shot? I was struggling to uh, describe it. How would you describe it? Like, it was kind of a chip side foot, I don't know. Yeah, it was It was like a curling sort of shot, wasn't it? It was great technique. Um, he's really, he's, he's come on so much, I think, Um Miguel Almiron, he was he was good last season, but but he's he's much much more of a player this season. He, he's he's got a real, um, you know, he's, he's got. I think now he, he poses enough of a threat um, to justify you know how much they've spent on him and, and 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 what he's doing in that team. And you know, you look at it now, and they're probably four or five players away from they need they need a bit of backup as well. But four or five players away from sort of having a real crack at that top seven. Um, that, that you know that's that's not too bad. There's some 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 positive signs I think over the last over the last few weeks, and that's good because at the start of this season we were very very downbeat about everything, weren't we? And um, you know now it feels it feels better. Um, so credit to Steve Bruce for that as well because it could have could have gone one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs>